You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Hey everybody and good morning. Um, I want to talk to you today from Philippians, but I'm starting a mini-series within our series. The mini-series is called Standing Firm. Next few weeks I'm going to talk about Standing Firm. And today I want to talk about unity in the church. I want you to know something because I know it's a strange time at Calvary. Um, pandemic, building sale, um, where we're meeting, you know, what does all this mean for us? Uh, but I want you to know that the future of Calvary Baptist Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Baptist Church. Matter of fact, it's far more connected to the unity, the kind of church Calvary will be, the kind of impact it will make on this great city, the kind of difference it will make in the lives of individuals is far more connected to the unity of Calvary than to the facility of Calvary. It's far more connected to the unity of Calvary than to the finances of Calvary. So the future, the future joy of Calvary is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary. And I want to talk about that today and starting a little mini-series, as I said, called Standing Firm. So Standing Firm, week one, is basically chapter four of the book of Philippians, right? So we're going to look at chapter four of the book of Philippians, and, and, and we're going to look at the idea of ultimately, as I said, uh, Standing Firm, unity in the church from Philippians chapter four, uh, verses uh, one, excuse me, yeah, verses one through four, verses one through four. Okay, so that being said, let's take a look and work our way through these uh, these specific chapters, okay? All right, so, so, so we'll jump in right here and we're going to look at the text itself. Here it is. It says, therefore, my brothers, and again, I keep reminding you, it's in the notes of the ESV generally too. Brothers is a Delphos, means brothers and sisters. We translate it today. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord my beloved. I entreat Yodia and and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, remember, Paul has already talked about um, unity um, earlier, right? And he both did it with uh, some doctrinal teaching in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, some practical instruction, chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. And now he begins this section with therefore. And whenever you see a therefore, you want to ask the question, what's it there for? What's it doing? So this is coming to some conclusion. So in a sense, in its simplest, this, these are Paul's closing, concluding words to the church at Philippi. Uh, equally inspired, though, and so what is the Lord teaching? What does the Lord have for us in uh, Philippians chapter 4? And, and what about these women, uh, Yodia and Syntyche, Clement, who's this companion? A lot, of, a lot of people in this passage. 
But there's nothing in the Word of God that's there accidentally, so let's look at what's going on by looking through uh, this text, just kind of one at a time. We'll kind of walk through this. First and foremost, standing firm in unity is grounded in the Lord. Okay, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Now, there's a lot of love and affirmation in that passage, right? So, um, but I want to remind you again, the future joy of Calvary Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Church. And here Paul says, therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul loves the people at the church at Philippi. Remember, he's, this is the first church that's planted in, uh, in Europe. This is, um, we know from early on, went through this stuff, we, you know, in, in, in Acts, he meets this uh, rich businesswoman. We talked about the motley team that was the Church of Philippi, this rich businesswoman, this demon-possessed slave girls mentioned, uh, this suicidal jailer. And if they all become part of the church, that's quite a mix at the beginning. So he loves them. He cares for them. He's concerned for their maturity. And in this chapter, he's designing them to live out some of the practical elements of joy in community. Um, and he demonstrates a leader. He uses... Um, he uses less authority than he could as an apostle and his instruction. And these are, first and foremost, his brothers and sisters. And the again, the theme of the next several weeks is standing firm. This is a fight and a battle that takes energy and strength and resolve to accomplish in joy. Remember the theme, this joyful journey of gospel partnership, right? They are his uh, brothers and sisters, but he amplifies this. He says, whom I love and long for, with love being the term agape. Long for. It's only used here in the Holy Testament. It's Paul desired, so much desired, just to be in fellowship with them. He loved these people. He amplifies this further by saying, my joy and my crown. Paul's life was better because of the church at Philippi. They brought him joy. It was like a crown. And I love that. I, I want us at Calvary to make other lives better because we're in this community together. We're in this together. Right, and so there's this this recurring theme of standing firm, being confident. Look at First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verses thirteen and fourteen. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, or have manly courage. Um, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So Paul exhorts them to stand firm. It's what we call present active. So continuously stand firm. But how? In the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord uses the phrase three times in these verses, unity and stability come from the Lord. So thus refers to the manner in which they will stand firm, thus stand firm in the Lord. Uh, we don't stand firm because of the personality of the pastor or the presence of a pastor, uh, the strength of our programs or our heritage. The Lord, the head of the church is our strength and we stand firm together. And the future joy of Calvary Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Church far more than it is to the real estate of Calvary Church, to the to the meeting location of Calvary Church. To, it's the, 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 this passage is going to remind us just the difference that standing firm in unity matters and starts with, first, standing firm in unity is grounded in the Lord, right? So, so we're not just being unified for the sake of unity. We're being grounded in the Lord, right? So which leads us to um, number two, standing firm unity calls for restoration 
in the Lord. Now we're going to start naming names, right? Start naming names. Uh, remember, the future joy of Calvary Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Church, far more than it is to the real estate, to the rental location, to whatever. So, because um, Cal Calvary, like any church, uh, has to recognize that uh, the unity is something to be worked towards. Now, here, uh, it could be a little jarring to assume uh, when it says, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Now, uh, maybe you're reading, you know, maybe imagine 2,000 years ago, you're there at the Church of Philippi. You're just sitting there and they read the letter out loud and it mentions your name. And that's what we immediately assume. He's calling them out. But probably, we don't know a lot about Yodi and Syntyche. Uh, we just know here they get mentioned and it can be a little bit jarring when they do. But um, in all likelihood, the church at Philippi had actually asked for some guidance on how to address this situation. We're going to find out in a minute. These are very beloved people. These are not like two troublemakers. We don't know a lot about them. What we do know is that they're two women leaders who are in enough conflict that when that it comes to Paul's attention, maybe they wrote and asked for advice. Uh, Paul seems to uh, have a sense of discretion and not naming the issues. Perhaps um, we don't know the issues, right? Were they um, were they a personality conflict? Were they a disagreement about direction? But Paul is speaking directly to these two women, and he entreats. Uh, and to come alongside, to encourage, to beg, to appeal, is how that might be translated. He's calling for them to be together in unity. Um, and it's vital for the life of the church, right? It's vital for our joy. And it doesn't come naturally. It starts with you and me personally. And the future joy of Calvary is deeply connected and deeply tied to the unity of Calvary Church. We can make it through uh, 2020, and into 2021, we can make it through a building change. We can make it through temporary facilities. We can make it through all of those things. What we generally can't make it through is a divided, uh, angry, or broken up church, right? So, so what we see here is the idea here that uh, there's a standing firm unity calls for restoration. And part of that restoration is between these two women, between these two women. Now, there were they were leaders. There were lots of others who were not leaders, right? I don't think he mentioned them because they were the worst offenders. I think he mentioned them because they were key leaders and probably they, he was asked about them. And leaders are um, more like likely to pull together through unity. Um, and it's, it's interesting, too, because there was some division here. Um, and sometimes division comes from people who are key leaders and there's, you know, people who just, you know, like Paul and Barnabas had a separation over, over, over a disagreement. Uh, sometimes it comes from people who aren't, you know, my experience has been is that a lot of times the most unhappy people in the church are the people who are least engaged in the church. And, and sometimes the phrase I like to use is, um, when you're rowing the boat, you got a lot less enthusiasm for rocking the boat. Well, you know, we've got to be careful with that because it doesn't always fit in every situation, but Paul is calling for their restoration of their relationship in the Lord. And that's a key thing. Now, here's the reality. Um, joy comes when we go through struggles with others in unity. Right? Now, remember a few weeks ago, I showed that little video clip, and it says, it's been an honor to serve with you. Um, I showed these little video clips of TV shows and movies where right, right before their soldiers going into battle, they says, it's been an honor to serve with you. And that's the kind of unity that's a beautiful unity 
But the challenge is that's not always here and evident. And we actually see in the Bible very frequent calls for this kind of unity. I appeal, this is 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree there be no divisions among you, but you be united in the same mind, in the same judgment. Now, I want you to know the reason that Paul writes that to the church of Corinth is it is not true, was not true. So the church of Corinth was not living in that sense of gospel unity. Now, here's the reality. At Calvary, we haven't always had that sense of unity. And that's true with any church. But we have to acknowledge that this is an area that we, as a church, are going to have to grow through and to build on in the midst of a very difficult, tumultuous, and turbulent time. Because the whole world's upended, but Calvary needs greater unity. Greater unity now as we're without a pastor. For those of you who might just be joining us, I'm the interim teaching pastor. The interim means between, right? So, um... Uh, pastor, pastor David has served for many, many years, and we're going to have a new pastor. Don't know who that new pastor is yet, but we're going to have a new pastor, and here's what's going to happen, right? Um, pe some people are going to really like him, some people are not going to like him, and some people are going to like the direction he goes, some people are not going to like the direction he goes. And if we haven't practiced unity in the interim, we're not going to be ready to be united, and old patterns of division will creep in, and the end result is the future joy of Calvary will be undermined because the future joy of Calvary is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary. The future joy of Calvary Baptist Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Baptist Church far more than to the facility, to the history, to the legacy, to the personnel, to the staff, you know, whatever it may be. So um, what we want is, is this sense of what the psalmist writes in Psalm 133, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. We want this kind of description in 2 Corinthians 13. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Now, I, I imagine that if I were to do a little poll, we can't do this, but if we were in that room together, I'd say, how many of you have experienced, heard in the times of a divided church. Almost everyone raises their hand. See, we've all been through some difficult times and disunity, maybe at Calvary, maybe somewhere else. And maybe normally when disunity comes in the Lord is not the priority. Now here's the reality. Here's the, the reality. And maybe the ironic reality is it appears we don't know the issue with Yodi and Syntyche, but they were some great leaders, right? But they weren't agreeing in some way. And somebody had to rebuild the relationship. Somebody had to say, it doesn't have to be my way. And clearly that's part of the theme because Philippians chapter two, don't look at only just for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Agree is a term he loves to, Paul loves to use, right? It says they, we should agree with one another. And, and in, here it is. Uh, I, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Agrees the same term used in Philippians 2, 2, about like-minded. It's one of Paul's favorite terms. He's calling for unity. Unity is hard to maintain, but I want you to know the future of Calvary is far more con con connected to our unity as a body of believers than it is to our facility, than it is to our programs, than it is to our finances. It is far more connected to our unity. And unity is hard to maintain. It's even harder to maintain in a church in transition, particularly sometimes with an older established church doing similar things for a long time. Maybe people have built up opinions the way things should be. And then sometimes people change and I got an opinion. I got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. And the problem is I'm sure Yodia and Syntyche had opinions too, but at some point they had to agree 
and that's part of the reality. And when you get a new pastor, remember, my job is to, to be gone. So, so if I can serve you and encourage you in this interim, and then uh, success, and it's hard, being in an interim is a pain sometimes, because success is to love you and to leave you, right? To really love and to get to know you and to encourage you. And I've got to know some of you and built relationships, and we've shared God's word together. And when we meet in person, we have the joy of doing that together. And I encourage you, when we meet in person, please try to come when you're comfortable doing so. But if you're kind of like, well, I'm okay doing it. I'm going to other places, but I'm not sure about going to church. Let me encourage you. Go to other places. Come join us. We're being careful. Let's do that together. But what I want you to see is, is that part of the job of the interim is to love and then to go so that a new pastor will come. But unity is hard to maintain, and particularly when a new pastor comes. We need to get in the pattern of building unity now, because when a new pastor comes, there's always unity issues. Someone is going to have to sit down with Yodi and Sitiki uh, and men and women in our church and say, you know, some things are different now that a new pastor's come. Because here's the thing, uh, Pastor David did certain things certain way, I do certain things certain way, and then a new pastor will come. And the pa new pastor will do certain things in certain ways. And if we get in the habit of being flexible and willing, so Paul says, I entreat Yodi and Sitiki to agree in the Lord. If we get in the habit of agreeing with the Lord, not always finding our own interests first, Philippians chapter 2, then the difference can be made and the pattern can be established because the future joy of Calvary Baptist Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Baptist Church far more than facilities and finances and programs. So that's who we are and how we walk on that journey uh, together. Let's continue here in the, the third thing we want to look at is standing firm in unity takes a labor of love. Um, he says, Paul writes this, Yes, I ask you, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side. I, I almost wanted to put this up earlier because don't these, these are not just troublemakers, right? Who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. These are not just random people. These are key leaders. Matter of fact, worth a moment here to say since they happen, they happen to be uh, two women leaders. It's worth a moment to say uh, that thank God for the women leaders at Calvary. Thank God for the women leaders in churches all around the world that are making such a difference. The majority of people who attend church are women. The majority of leaders who are serving uh, are women. And thank God for them. So don't think that they happen to be Yodi and Syntagate, probably two people that Paul was asked about. Uh, thank God for women leaders who are making a difference in so many uh, lives. And here, though, the issue is there's some division. There's a need for some coming together that's here. And uh, Paul writes and says, I ask you true companion. Now, we don't know who the true companion is. Uh, Paul uses discretion, maybe just like he didn't mention the issue of Yodi and Syntyche. Maybe everyone in the church knew the issue. Uh, maybe Paul is speaking to the overseers and deacons. Remember, that's where the book started, to bring unity. And here's the question I think we all have got to ask. Are you working with the elders, deacons, and staff of Calvary to bring and maintain that sense of unity. Uh, are you one of the leaders that we need to work on? Or are you advancing unity? Or are you hindering unity? Um, so those who are mature need to be advancing unity in the church. They need to stand firm, united. The future of Calvary is far more connected to our unity, again, than to our facility. And... Um, they need to stand firm in unity as a labor of love. It says, help these women who have labored 
side by side with me. He used that term labor related to what they're doing, but then he used the term help these women so that they can come together. Now, here's the thing that I want you not to miss. It's, it's something that uh, has taken me uh, a long time maybe to learn. But my own experience has been um, that I haven't been surprised that I have sometimes disagreements with um, people who may be new in the faith or maybe don't know the Lord. One of the strange things is, is how often disagreements come between Christians who really love the Lord and want the best. And a few things have helped me is one, to try to understand and assume, I often use this phrase, I, I, literally, this is exactly what I say. We have both been in ministry long enough. Sometimes if it's a staff member or a key leader at church, we have both been in ministry long enough to know that sometimes people who love the Lord see or remember something very, very differently. And it sort of disarms people to say, I'm not saying that the way you see it is just, you're just, you're just foolish. You're just carnal. No, no. I'm saying, you know, I've been in ministry long enough to know that there are times when we see or remember things very differently. And that's why we have to labor. We have to work towards that sense of unity. It's a process that we're working towards. And it's not an easy process to get towards either, let me just say. Um, but it's a process that ultimately we're working towards. We have to work towards that unity. Look look here at um, Ephesians chapter 4. Not, I mean, it's, the whole passage is amazing, but it says, and he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But this is what I want to focus on is for the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want you not to miss this. Maturity and unity are so connected. So again, think back to my phrase. We've both been in ministry, or you could say we've both been in church long enough that there are times when we see or remember things differently. And then the question is, how do we work it out from here? See, when I say that, it basically says, you know, just we differ sometimes, and that's okay. And when we differ, we got to figure it out. But what happens is, um, even people who love the Lord for a long time, who've been serving or volunteering for a long time, they feel really need to prove the point. And one of the things that um, I learned long ago is that the person is far more important than the point. In other words, I can make my point, and I can do that. I'm married, right? I can do that with Donna make a point with Donna all day and I got to decide whether I want to have a happy life, happy wife, you know, happy wife is connected to a happy life. Um, so, so what happens is, is that Yodi and Syntyche, Paul doesn't mention the issue, but he says, I got to labor together. This true companion doesn't mention, let's get to know this true companion and let's figure it out together. Um, I, I play guitar badly, but I play guitar badly. And, um, to have a sense of true unity, uh, in when you have people playing together is they also they have to be tuned to one another when i um when i play the guitar i know how to tune a guitar right um and there's a certain string you put and you tune it to the next string you tune the next string so you tune the six strings of a guitar to the other strings in a guitar and then it's actually tuned um the problem is it's tuned to itself it's internally tuned so if you go play with a piano that's actually been tuned to a pitchfork, which would be more properly tuned to a certain level of, of uh, to a certain frequency, we would say. Um, so what happens is too many Christians who even love the Lord are tuned to themselves. Um, maybe even in tune with the Lord, but sort of play in that tune that they haven't 
got it in tune with a lot of other people. You know, we have a lot of people at Calvary Hero Musicians. And that's why at the beginning, you'll actually hear people ding, 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 playing some key to make sure everyone's tuned to one another. Because it sounds terrible when a bunch of instruments that are tuned to themselves, a guitar and some of the string instruments are, are unique in that way. It sounds terrible when they're tuned to themselves, but not tuned to the group. And there's no beautiful music being made. Well, let me just say, if you grow in the Lord and you're serving the Lord, teaching that Bible study for 20 years, and thank God for you, but you're tuned, you're in touch with the Lord, and, and thank God for that, and you, you, you already in syndicate work, but you haven't learned to align with others, to align with others in that sense of, of, of commonality and unity. Well, again, maturity and unity are so connected. Um, so the guitar and the rest of the, and I just use the guitar example because I play guitar badly, but they're united, not because they're all planned together, but because they were all tuned to something else. And that's what it is with the Lord. So we tune to the Lord's work in the community, which leads to um, number four. And finally, in our, in our outline, is that standing firm in unity brings joy in the Lord. Remember what I said? The future joy of Calvary Baptist Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Baptist Church. I want you to say to one another, it's been a privilege serving with you. And it won't be because of your facility, fond memories of what may have, not your programs or your finances. It will be because of the community and the unity that was there. And then we'll be able to say what Paul says here, right? Standing firm in unity brings joy in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. Now, you can take Philippians 4.4 out of its context, and just quote Philippians 4.4. People do all the time. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And what I would say to you is, don't take it out of your out of the context here, right? Here, Paul's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it, rejoice. After talking about unity in the church. He references this earlier in Philippians 2. He mentions joy 19 times in the four chapters. And two times in this verse, repeated to enforce the idea, maybe in the face of their discouragement, he's saying the outcome of their unity is joy, the joy of the gospel together. And four or five years from now, wherever Calvary is in the place we are meeting, facilities, finances, and programs are not going to be the thing that we talk about for the joy of 2021. It's going to be the unity. The future of Calvary Baptist Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Baptist Church. Joy is a community activity. We go through difficulties together. We experience victory together. We go from conflict to joy. And it's a difficult chasm to bridge for sure. But this is ultimately what Paul is calling them to. Joy grows out of this gratitude for the grace of God. We're tuning to something else other than our internal six-stringed guitar. Joy grows out of gratitude for the grace of God. Grows out of gratitude for the grace of God. Now, why? Because joy in community grows out of the fact that we are together we are together in this journey. And, and so that's what I want us to see, is the togetherness that's actually laid out in this journey. And, and in the process, we, we, we can grow and know the Lord better because we're in community with one another. We're in community with one another. That makes all the difference, right? Makes all the difference for uh, before us. Now, now again, let's let's continue to look through the passage and let's find ultimately uh, what what that looks like in our own 
in our own experience here at Calvary. So, so, so back to back to our uh, back to our PowerPoint uh, and back to our outline here. Uh, standing firm in the unity, we're gonna we're gonna come together in this sense, right? Um, it brings joy in the Lord. Uh, but I love what Paul says earlier. I kept I mentioned this a couple times. So let me go back to it. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, I complete my joy by being of the same mind. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So the question is, did they, right? So because clearly Paul's calling that, did they? And we have some indirect historical evidence actually that they did perhaps reconcile because early in the second century, the church of Philippi um, wrote a letter to a church leader named Polycarp. And they asked about another minister who was arrested and taken to Rome. We don't have their letter, but Polycarp's reply is preserved. We have that. And he commends the congregation of Philippi, writing that they, quote, have followed the example of true love and have helped on their way as opportunity offered those who are bound in chains, unquote. Then he adds, I rejoice also that your firmly rooted faith, renowned since early days, endures to the present and produces the fruit of the Lord Jesus Christ, unquote. These could only have been spoken, I think, of a congregation that had developed and maintained a godly unity. So maybe we can conclude that Yodia and Syntyche resolved their differences. The answer is lost to history, but perhaps Polycarp's letter gives us some indirect assurance that they did. You see, joy is a choice, so is unity. Let me quote Eugene Peterson in his long obedience in the same direction. He says, many think the only way to change your behavior is to first change your feelings. He goes on to say, but there's an older wisdom that puts it differently. By changing our behavior, we can change our feelings. One person says, I don't like that man, therefore I will not speak to him. When if my feelings change, I will speak. Another says, I don't like that person, therefore I'm going to speak to him. The person, surprised at the friendliness, cheerfully responds, and then suddenly friendship is shared. Here's the thing. We've got to find a way, and it's not a secret that Calvary has had challenges before, and we'll have challenges again. In fact, I don't know of a church that I can't say that about. But the future joy of Calvary Baptist Church is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary Baptist Church. If there are issues that need to be resolved for a greater sense of unity, let's resolve them now in the interim so that when the new pastor comes, when there are always challenges because there are changes, and unity is one of the challenges, that's one of the areas that's challenged when there are changes, so that we can walk in unity together. I know it's easy to be worried about the facility, the finances, and the programs. And I'm telling you, let's put our focus on standing firm these next few weeks. Standing firm, because the future of Calvary is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary far more than those other things. I want us to say together, well, what a privilege it's been to serve with you because we served in unity together. Would you pray with me? Father, help us remember that being a united church is so key to who we are and how we grow. Father, I pray that that you would continue to to remind us to walk in the labor of love towards a greater sense of unity as a church. That in doing so, we might be and experience greater unity and greater community. So that 2021, we might look at and say, what a joy it was to serve together. Crazy times, hard times, tumultuous and turbulent times. But we walked in joy because we walked in unity. Remind us that the future joy of Calvary is deeply connected to the unity of Calvary. Remind us again and again. Thank you for the example of Yodi and Syntyche. Thank you for the example of Paul helping them to walk towards unity. And throughout this book, may that be our experience as well. Help us to walk in unity 
and find that true joy in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. If you feel led to give toward the local, national, and global ministries of Calvary Baptist, please visit cbcnyc.org slash give or call us at 212-975-0170. We hope you join us next time as we continue to tell it from Calvary.